Hi everyone, welcome to Morning Matcha. Today I'm here with nutritionist, adventurer, Facebooker, author, and lecturer, David Avocado Wolf. How Hi. you doing, Nikki? Good, how are you? Best ever. Thanks for coming all the way over here to hang out with me. It's a pleasure and a joy and always good to see you and and always we have the best time ever. So let's just keep it going. Let's it's keep so it rolling. Fun. I'm so excited to have um, something to share with the people at the fullest and morning matcha, just more about you and my experience with you and all that you've been up to. Right on. Thanks. So you have a new book. New book is out, The Beauty Diet. Mm-hmm. And because I've been so busy, as you know, and traveling all over the place, what we did is we went back and we basically transcribed many years of my lectures on the subject and then brought it up to speed with where we're really at. Like where are we at with our understanding of infrared heat, yeah. hot, cold, you know, what, what happens um, based on the research to our body. It's really interesting Like stuff. in um, getting in the hot spring and then going in the cold river yeah. or and then just with anything right yeah well mostly yeah. with infrared saunas yeah and what how that how that transforms our body by basically detoxifying us from the organ level because mm-hmm. the normal sauna has to penetrate through the skin and step by step get deeper into the body whereas the infrared sauna is like heating you from the inside out so there's more powerful detoxification occurring and there's certain benefits that are being learned about so I got the cutting edge of that in my book. And you we, recommend the clear light sauna, right? Yes. Or, I, yeah. I use a clear light at home mm-hmm. and that's my favorite because it's low EMF. That was the problem with the old infrared yeah. heaters. And I've had the old ones and they just had a high EMF field or high electromagnetic mm-hmm. field around the heater itself. So you're in there and you're getting the infrared, but you're also getting a lot of electromagnetic radiation that's hitting you. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like being like really close to electronics all the time. Not the best thing for you at least yeah. from how we understand it now so what about the hot and cold so what do you do after oh i always do hot cold yeah and i like to always end on cold yeah and then that's just like the it's such a great reset you know people are like oh i got foggy thinking oh i'm fading oh you know i can't i can't see straight oh i got i got the thing for you jump into ice cold water you'll be seeing straight in seconds you'll be your head will be clear in one second flat mm-hmm and you know, you know how much I love going to Iceland, and we yeah. went there together. Yeah. So there's just always something for us in cold water. We've been running to warmth and comfort too much. It's actually weakened us. Mm-hmm. And how does that translate into our everyday lives? Well, it's it's one of those things. If you want to be sharper, more on mm-hmm. top of your game, have more energy. I mean, that's it. People are like, oh, I don't have enough energy. Oh, no problem. We're just going to put you into an ice cold ocean, or throw into ice cold water, or ice cold shower. You will have energy in one second. Yeah, you'll be jumping out of that cold water in one second. You yeah, know, like it's 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 interesting. Uh, hot water heat basically makes us lethargic, mm-hmm. and cold makes us sharp and en- energetic. Mm-hmm. Do you recommend it for? Since I'm pregnant, I have all these questions about that. Can you? get into an infrared sauna when you're pregnant or I wouldn't post? recommend it I mean there's yeah. no research really against it I did look into that at one point and actually my feeling is is we don't know enough because infrared's heat is heating you from the inside out mm-hmm. normal sauna I wouldn't be as concerned infrared because it's so new yeah what about post-pregnancy oh definitely yeah absolutely it's so funny my mom was saying in Iran since we're both Persian or half Persian, um, the women like post pregnancy, they use like an infrared light, like 
for um for healing down below i didn't even know that they come in like small versions do they Wow. Yeah. yeah. You can get infrared devices that are yeah. shrunk down. I've got actually two different types of infrared devices at my house. One is a full sauna, which mm -hmm. is the clear light. The other is called a soaky bed, and it's just actually like a a small dome that you just can put over. You could literally put it over your, your hips, for wow. example, and focus it just there. That's so cool. And that may be what your mom was yeah. talking about. Could be something like What's that. What's it called? It's called a soaky bed. Yeah. And more popular in Asia. It, it really focuses on some of the inc what we call incubation frequencies where real healing can occur. Like 728 nanometers is one of those frequencies. And I think seven, it's been a while since I looked up these numbers, but it's like 758 or 756 mm -hmm. nanometers. So infrared is anything that's like above 700 nanometers. Okay. And ultraviolet is, are, is things that are below 450 nanometers or even 400 nanometers and there's benefits to both but generally the research is kind of indicating that you the infrared is is more for healing and the ultraviolet is more for like you know activating certain um activities of the cell for example your body really likes to take in certain ultraviolet frequencies and it's like actually it's like light going into the cells is what um what was his name? Pop. Fritz Albert Pop. There's the mm -hmm. name right there. <laughs> and I think it was 328 nanometers to be specific of wow. ultraviolet is a specific frequency that your cells go. Yes. And it, your cells want to absorb light at that frequency. So many molecules like quercetin. Mm -hmm. Quercetin is, is a yellow pigment. It's in all our fruits and vegetables naturally. And it allows that frequency in but blocks wow. other ultraviolet. So how do you get that the ultraviolet frequency? Well, you'd get it from light and the sun normally, mm -hmm. but you can actually design devices that can get you that particular frequency. And that's one of the things that I'm just interested in researching totally. and looking into. There's a lot of advanced research in that area in Russia mm -hmm. and outside of the English language. So I I'd like to I'd like to crack the the language code a little bit more and get some more of that research. Yeah, actually, one of the women that was with us from Russia on the trip. Yeah, you know, actually, Iceland. now I'm thinking it, the one of the key is ones is 380 nanometers. That's okay. the key one with quercetin. The next one over for quercetin, it's might be 328. It could be different than that. But just to be exactly and specifically accurate, it's actually 380 nanometers is the one that quercetin allows in in the ultraviolet spectrum. And that's the one that nourishes the light in our cells. It literally, just real quick, on a, I want to digress on yeah, that for a yeah. second. What Fritz Albert Pop discovered is that all carcinogens block 380 nanometers of light. Wow. They do have something in common. And natural compounds like quercetin allow it through. So the more foods you eat with quercetin, or is there any other thing that can let it in, or is it just quercetin? Well, no. Well, there's there's obviously you could design like windows, you know, or glass that can let it in. Yeah. And the type of glass that lets it in, myron. You, you got yeah. it, myron glass. Okay, so so by just like by by off, what do I want to say? Like by. What's that word? Just the carcinogens by yeah. getting rid of what the carcinogens or letting in the light in yeah. that frequency. So what, then the, it, yeah, what this is what indicating to us, what, where that research is leading is that our cells are nourished by light mm -hmm. and it's light from the sun. 
Um, there could be harmful spectrum of solar energy. That's possible. But there's also very important spectrums of solar energy. Yeah. And it, part of our destiny is to figure out what they are. And 380 nanometers is one of the key ones. There's, again, another one that's a little, you know, like it's somewhere around 328 or maybe even a little bit um, lower of a number. Can you talk a little bit of on the nanometers and just that in general? Because the, is it kind of like homeopathy as well? This is a, this. Well, when we're getting into this spectrum, this is between 400 nanometers of light and 700 nanometers of light is the visual spectrum. What we see mm -hmm. now, this is fascinating because if something's outside of that spectrum, we can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Yeah. It's just that we can't see it. So a lot of our our scientism or our you know our prejudice, you know, where we're like, oh, we we can't see it, it can't exist. That stuff, um, it's kind of that old old guard of like, oh, you can't see it, doesn't exist. It, really, our research in the electromagnetic field spectrum indicates that that's really wrong. Mm -hmm. There's things that are around us, but they are outside of our visual range. And that's yeah. what gave rise to all the ability of us to be right now on the internet. And so incredible you know, being carried through invisible signals from our phone and computers and Wi-Fi and all that. Yeah. Which is amazing. And at the same time, obviously health wise, we want to learn how to figure out how to block the EMFs and block what's happening, the radiation. In the, so in, what that's you, harmful. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, well, I, I am a fan of using it all until we know more. I'm wearing right now shungite. So this is shungite. Mm -hmm. Over here is some shungite. Shungite's C60 molecules. It's carbon molecules and other forms of carbon. And then this is labradorite, which mm -hmm. is another really cool stone. But the shungite actually has very important EMF or electromagnetic field protection properties. And then, I'll, of course, I wear my EMF protection jewelry. So I'm wearing my uh, favorite gift that Dr. Patrick Flan Flanagan mm -hmm. ever gave to me. He's one of my mentors, and he's one of the world's greatest scientists. Wow. And, and, he's, and what I love about Patrick is he's actually done the experiments. Mm -hmm. He's a scient a real scientist. Mm -hmm. You know, most people running around saying, "What? what, this is scientific and that isn't. They never did any experiments. They don't know. Mm -hmm. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> I get that all the time. Like, you, you're not a scientist. It's like, oh, man. My mentors have done 10,000 experiments. I, I call them on the phone, you know, and talk to them once every couple of months. I just talked to Patrick this week. Mm -hmm. and, and I get the details of his, you know, his lifetime of research in the laboratory. This isn't, you know, stuff that's funded by some big pharmaceutical yeah. company for their agenda or funded by some big government for their agenda or whatever. This is like just, this is real science, mm -hmm. you know. And so I'm into the scientific method. I am not into scientism which is this thing of like oh the big bang created us we don't that's theoretical that'll mm -hmm. never be proven yeah you know darwinism that'll never be proven either it's it's theoretical mm -hmm. so keep it as a theory and i cool that's we can talk about it as a theory but don't tell me it's a fact yeah so what in that necklace is helping what what is in his research okay so this is a, what's called a microwave slot antenna <laughs> and i might butcher this but I, this is how i understand it we we also have a natural EMF field around us because we are an electromagnetic being. And just like our computers emit certain electromagnetic fields, our phones emit certain electromagnetic fields, so do we. And most of the phone radiation and the Wi-Fi radiation is in the microwave ra radiation zone. Mm -hmm. And so what would be kind of a strategy and could be a strategy and what Patrick believes is the right strategy, or at least one 
great strategy through EMF protection jewelry is to amplify our own microwave radiation in an attempt to neutralize the irritating mm-hmm. properties of other microwave radiation, like what's coming off a cell phone. Yeah. So you build your system right. so that it's strong enough that that doesn't affect it. That's a good way yeah. to understand it. Yes. Cool. Well, yeah. what about airplanes? What do you do? Oh, the, well, I have, there's, I mean, I could go on about this. You know, you know how big I am into grounding, right? Yeah. That's one of the best things to protect yourself. But in an airplane, you can't ground yourself. When I say grounding or earthing, I'm talking about being actually electromagnetically in the ocean mm-hmm. or touching sand barefoot, not with a shoe on. We're always in shoes and that's insulating us from the earth. And that does have an effect on us, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And we're basically like when we're insulated from the earth like that we're like an island mm-hmm. so our body's being hit by all these electromagnetic fields from computers and wi-fi and radiation from cell phones and then you know a lot of times we don't ever discharge it or it could go on for months and it's just going in circles and it's just going in circles and it's like, it's like the only thing that really <laughs> discharges it for most people you know especially in cold climates is a morning shower because mm-hmm. the shower and the pipes are connected to the earth the the actual water's grounded or yeah. earth. And so they're getting hit by that negatively charged electricity with the water and from the water. And that's oftentimes why they get good ideas in the shower. Like, oh yeah, I got the <laughs> answer. You can get a lot more good ideas when you're always connected to earth and yeah. they are connected like that. When you're in an airplane, you're in a tough situation. So I then had to defer to Rudolf Steiner's strategy, which mm-hmm. is I have a specific vest that I wear really? that was designed by Rudolf Steiner. I had no idea about that. You don't know about this? No. Oh, wow. This is, it's in the car right now. It's in my vehicle right now. It, and does it look like a bulletproof vest? Like, what is it, this it's thing? It's amazing. It's, it's actually made out of peat mm. and it's made out of wool. And it has to be... What's peat? So peat is like... like P-E-E-T? Uh-huh. Or, like okay. P-E-E-T. So, or no, sorry, it's P-E-A-T. Actually, okay. it's P-E-A-T is how it's spelled. Peat is a type of grass that grows in the Arctic where there's a perpetual bog. Mm. So like in the north of Scotland and in Norway, and there's regions where it never quite gets warm enough to kind of activate other forces of nature that would allow, for example, trees to grow. Mm -hmm. But it's always cold enough to kind of suppress really any thing from growing kind of like iceland it's in a iceland way. Yeah. has a lot of spots like yeah. that it's a re- that's a really good example you know you travel in the north of iceland you're like there's just peat bogs mm-hmm. everywhere wow. now what rudolf steiner says about that is that there's a suppression of the forces of it when i say evolution i'm not talking about darwinian evolution mm-hmm. but the forces of life and death and recycling so that new can grow right so mm-hmm. something has to go out for new to appear right that's why we have aging it's right Mm -hmm. at some point you know your time's up yeah and but the forces are suppressed in peat bogs and he says that the the elemental energy can be liberated from a peat bog which it wants to be Mm -hmm. because it wants to go through the cycles of life but it's stuck Mm -hmm. you know this is why they put the scottish kings in those scottish bogs they're still their skin's still on these (laughs) people yeah you know it's like whoa there's mammoths woolly mammoths being pulled out intact yeah from these kind of environments that's what i mean they never decayed that's crazy you see what i'm saying yeah and so what the elemental energy is somehow disturbed it's not allowed to go through its decay and rot and then back to nature and then brought back into life again and rudolf steiner says that if you can get the peat grass and if you can weave it with an animal fiber 
Like that, long, that material, yeah. especially if it's, I have gloves that have it. Mm -hmm. I have a, a peat jacket that has it. I've Dang. gotten cell phone cases for people. I've, I've gotten uh, blankets for kids. And where do you buy them? You can get them. You have to get them from Germany. Oh, okay. So they make this stuff in Germany. Mm -hmm. And actually, they just finally, in the last like year, translated the website to the English language. So Awesome. <laughs> so you know now. what you're buying and how much you're paying for it. Well, in, in the first case, what was interesting, my, my Rudolf Steiner Pete vest, and when I got that, it was given to me as the, as the last parting wish of a friend of mine who had very oh. serious cancer. Um, and when I saw it, we, I was hanging out with him one day, and I didn't know. And he gave it to me, and, he, and then we went in the back room, and he pulled his shirt up, and he showed me that he had a very, very serious melanoma. And when wow. I saw it, I, I knew he wasn't going to make it, mm -hmm. and that was devastating. I was because I, I had no idea, and I knew, you know, because I know his family and kids and stuff. And <clears throat> it was, um, it was like his parting gift to me. Mm -hmm. You know, after all the t twenty years we'd been friends, and mm -hmm. his wife, as I was leaving, gave me Rudolf Steiner's lectures on that on that jacket. Wow! And then when I got in the car and I opened the actual lecture and I looked at the date, it was exactly ninety years later whoa. to the day. It was the same day. <gasps> I was like, "Whoa, that's it was like startling." Yeah. And to me, you know, Rudolf Steiner is one of the great minds of the. He's like, he's our Aristotle. Yeah. We don't realize that yet, and and the reason why we don't realize that is yet yet is because the way we've been educated in the Western world and Rudolf, this is a direct quote from Rudolf Steiner. Our minds are filled up with thoughts, concepts, and ideas that have nothing to do with reality. We've mm. been miseducated, unfortunately. Um, it's because we're learning still, but it's also part, it's purposeful in a certain ways, yeah. certain areas, right? There's... We've been told that like, Oh, herbal medicine. That's like some, you know, now we've got better stuff. Mm -hmm. We do not have better stuff. Mm -hmm. I, we, they just have an agenda. We, yeah. There's an agenda behind it. Now, mm -hmm. you know, you might need pharmaceutical agents for you know putting together a broken leg or something but for the long-term conditions and inflammatory conditions that are age-related you don't want to be mm -mm. taking those things no um so anyway rudolph steiner's jacket essentially what it does it takes low it takes high frequency radiation microwave radiation mm -hmm. and reduces it to lower frequency radiation which your body is able to deal with better yeah that's how it works. That's awesome. But what, so Rudolf Steiner says, that's, you know, what we're going to find out as we mm -hmm. did do this research. And that's, what's been found out, you know, all these years later, 90 years later, it's over 90 something, 94, 95 years later now. Wow. But interestingly, he says what really is at work. And again, this violates our, what we've been told is mm -hmm. real again, you know, and, and I get why people get stuck in believing stuff that's not real because they're not living in nature. Like the way we did, you know, we're living in buildings and cities and stuff. And I, I get that we get disconnected from essentially what's real. Mm -hmm. um, what, what he says is that the elemental energy that wants to evolve and go through the cycles of life and it, it is stuck when the peat fiber is knitted with the wool or any animal fiber, llama would work. There's a liberation of the elemental energy. And this has to be done, actually, this is why biodynamic farms are so important, Rudolf Steiner-style mm -hmm. farms. I'm a certified biodynamic farm, and oh. land is. Where? In Maui? In Hawaii. Oh, yeah. In Hawaii. Cool. And what happens is, is that on the, you know, it, the, Rudolf Steiner designed their biodynamic farm to be a home mm -hmm. for people who are mentally handicapped, um, you know, developmentally dis disordered, um, never quite, you know, you know, aut severe autism, for mm -hmm. example. And those people actually, as you know, if you've ever been around kids who are, you know, severely mm -hmm. mentally 
you know, handicapped. Yeah. They are actually, they don't have an ego. And Rudolf Steiner says, because they have no ego, they, their, their skills can be utilized to liberate that elemental energy into a garment through the peat fiber in with the wool. And it's that elemental energy that protects you actually. Wow. That's incredible. I just, I want to cry. That's amazing. Rudolf Steiner was our Aristotle. We don't know it yet, but we're going to find out. And we are finding out because it's step-by-step as we start to see the system breaking down in terms like the things that we thought were real, yeah. like we we're taught like, Oh, this is real. And then we start looking a little deeper and we go, that that's not real. We start to then look back at Rudolf Steiner's writings and teachings and go, this dude was on it. Mm-hmm. This no, is, yeah. yeah, this guy was on to something mm-hmm. and it's gotten me to the point now where I pretty much will study something by Rudolf Steiner every day. Wow. Yep. Some kind of reading from him every day. That's so great. It's great. And then we'll study what you've written and it's full circle. <laughs> well, I like to, I like to translate because yeah. his stuff is so difficult sometimes for, especially us coming from Western schooling mm-hmm. and stuff, which is like, oh, how do we make any sense out of this? It took me 10 years of unlearning stuff to try to even figure out what he's really saying. Now I've got a very good grasp on it 20 years into it and, you know, being a biodynamic farm and, mm-hmm. and then trying to translate those ideas. Cause you know, he was saying like, look, you'll take my ideas and you'll, you'll, translate them into what's real for you and and you could advance these ideas mm-hmm. you know some people take take the word as gospel and that's not rudolph steiner he's like just i'm giving you some tips and hints yeah. to like run with it yeah i love that i love interpreting things and making them your own yes instead of being which takes me back to when i first met you before we met before our trip to peru i was a crazy vegan and I was just so stuck in my ways as well. And it wasn't working for me. And for me, I'm an O positive blood type and I should really have some animal fat and whether that's me or um, ghee or whatever. But at the time I was just really um, regimented about my diet and I brought my mom with me to longevity. And then you like posted some photo about vegans that are just like crazy vegans and my mom started cracking up (laughs) I was so pissed but then when we went to Peru um when we were talking you were like you need ghee like because my hormones were just so out of whack and it was the first time I was thinking about I ever had thought about incorporating something else into my diet and it was how I started just like learning to be more flexible And it was really in my mind and in my everyday life that I needed to do that as well. But it's so amazing how your diet and your like your life. Yeah. Your life. I'm really glad to hear that. It's like I'm a vegetarian. I've been a vegetarian now almost 30 years. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not an easy path. You have to make adjustments in our world. As you know, Mm -hmm. I had long stretches of being vegan almost 20 years. Yeah. And there's positives to it and negatives to it. But when you are like set in your ways and it's rigid, never is that good. Yeah. And and Rudolf Steiner actually in this case would call that he would call that aramonic. It's too mm-hmm. it's too rigid. It's too hard. You know, you'll harden up. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have too much of that, you've, yeah. you've you've got to kind of stay in that middle zone of like, you know, the way we say it is stop really believing in stuff and entertain possibilities instead because we've all had so many experiences where we believed in something. I was like, okay, I believe that this is real. And then later we, sometimes even a year later or 10 years later, we go, wait a second, that wasn't real. Mm -hmm. We've all had those experiences. Yeah. And the emotional attachment to 
the possibility is really what we call a belief, mm-hmm. right? When we become emotional about it. And we just are learning that it's not really good to be emotional about beliefs because they are just possibilities. Yeah. And we just like to say, hey, entertain possibilities instead. Um, you want to be vegan? Awesome. You know, and you should go through that experience. And I know you benefited from that mm-hmm. experience. And it's, yeah. a good, it's a good thing. And you know when you need to be vegan in the future mm-hmm. for a day, a month, a week, a year, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. you have that visceral experience. And that's the beauty is yeah. being able to have these ideas out there. And what I love about our world, and we were talking about it last night with some friends, we're, we're coming to a place now where we're de-emotionalizing the food choices mm-hmm. and we're understanding there's a role for vegan, there's a role for vegetarian, mm-hmm. there's a role for being a pesco vegetarian, there's mm-hmm. a role for being a lacto-ovo vegetarian. There's, mm-hmm. there's just places for all of these things in our culture and there are times in our life when it's right. Yeah, I love that you talk about how people think that they need to like do the, like if you're sick, like you have cancer, you have something and you really need to, or you want to go on a certain specific diet, but then people take it to the next level and they want to ha- be on that diet for life. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a different, right. A, a healing diet is different than a lifestyle diet. Yeah. And what, you know, you have to be careful too. A lot of times in the healing journey, this is what we learned from Taoist tonic herbalism is you've got to be careful you don't run out of jing. Mm-hmm. And I'd seen that over the years where people were battling cancer for long sometimes eight years, nine years, 10 years and ran out of gas. Yeah. And, and that we call that Jing, which is your primordial life force, your ability to survive, which is generally, as you know, related to black foods mm-hmm. and, and black as an energy in general. Right. Mm-hmm. So being tuned into, wait a second, there are different energies in my body. Like one of them is chi. Yes. That how you mobilize your immune system moment to moment, how you mobilize your energy moment to moment. But there's other ones. And mm-hmm. one of the big ones is Jing. Like, you've got to make sure you have enough in the gas tank for when you're in your 70s and 80s or 90s. Or if you're, you know, a friend of mine, his son was in an accident and, you know, ser- pretty seriously injured. You need that Jing for recovery from a serious injury. Mm-hmm. I pretty seriously injured my foot last summer. Oh. And I needed that. You know, I broke my foot pretty badly. Oh, I didn't know that. I tried to walk around on it for like three weeks. After Iceland? This is after Iceland. Dang. And then I I was in a cast for like two months. And you're totally fine now. That's I'm just amazing. now getting back to wow. running again. And I could mm-hmm. run for a long time. I couldn't wow. even get on my stand on my mm-hmm. toes. But now I'm getting back there. But that's Jing. You know, you that's what gets called up in order to heal. Because mm-hmm. you 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 never know when you might need that reserve. And so Sheila G is Sheila G is a yeah. black substance. Mm-hmm. One of the big ones that a big one for my foot that I've been on was Yacomia bark. Yeah. And Yacomia seed. Mm. So Yacomia is like ginkgo. It's like a last surviving member of its race. It's a temperate climate rubber tree. And the rubber in it, that layer of bark, when you peel the bark off, is black. Oh. It's a black substance. And the seed of that tree has also been used herbally. The two of them together, the bark and the seed, very powerful rejuvenating bone mm. because that's it works. You know, Jing is about bone marrow. It's about bone wow. and kidneys mm-hmm. and adrenals. And so that's, you know, you know, these are the, that's where the herbalism comes in. See, yeah. you know, imagine we get to that point in our life where we really need that. We're dealing with osteoporosis or something. And we just don't get that information or mm-hmm. we've been told, oh, that's not real. We got better stuff. And then we didn't take in the better stuff, but it didn't make anything better. Yeah. 
Well, that's one of the things I love traveling with you about too, because we just go see things in nature. Like when we were in Iceland, it was rhodiola Mm -hmm. and just talking about pioneer foods and just seeing the rhodiola growing off the cliff was so incredible. You what remember that the... day we, we got up to that waterfall? Yeah. And I got all the way up there, and then I was like, there's that rhodiola up there. <laughs> I, I, I can't go down without getting that yeah. thing. So I was up on that cliff, you know, after jumping in that incredible waterfall. Yeah. And then we had got to have that. And the tea. Yeah, yeah. we made rhodiola tea. I'll never forget that. Can you touch on Pioneer Foods? Well, this is such an a, important and amazing discovery for those budding herbalists out there and, mm-hmm. and those who are interested in taking their herbalism a little bit deeper a good place to start with herbalism is <clears throat> excuse me is like green tea mm-hmm. and chaga and just getting into like okay you know uh, what what is this stuff like powdy arco or whatever you know simple stuff you yeah. can buy as tea bags or mm-hmm. you know it's like a simple thing like chaga let me just throw a chunk of that in water boil it up see what happens but what ends up happening is you get a little bit inspired Mm-hmm. And you start going, I maybe I could do a little bit more with this herbalism. And what I found in herbalism, studying the herbal systems of the Amazon, studying the herbal systems of Central America, North American native herbalism is very big for me. And just because I live in North America and Hawaii mm-hmm. and the native systems of Southeast Asia, Australia, Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, mm-hmm. Iran. Mm-hmm. And and even South Africa and, and the southern part of Africa, very interesting ecosystem there, the fine boss. You know, it's a, one of the most complex ecosystems in the world, and it's Mediterranean. It's like the residue, you know, some continent sunk right there, but right at the tip of South Africa. Wow. Very high amount of genetic diversity of plants. So anyway, that's my ha- that's my hobby. I still love studying that. And what I found is certain plants are pioneers. So if the ecosystem is disturbed, they come in. They're the first to come mm-hmm. in. In North America, one of the great pioneer trees is the birch tree. So let's say you've got some parking lot, you know, and this thing gets dilapidated and finally the earth starts reclaiming it. The first trees that are going to come in there are going to be birch trees. If it's like some parking lot outside of New York City, because that's what grows there. Wow. If you're Xylitol. in Costa Rica. What's that? Xylitol. Right. And, what, and what's in the birch trees is xylitol. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, very beginning of carbohydrate formation. Those mm-hmm. It's a five carbon sugar. And so, you know, you get the development of like the stacking of betaine, mm-hmm. um, which is a gly- trimethylglycine, which is, you know, CH3 groups, mm. carbon and three hydrogens. And even carbon and three hydrogens, even that molecule tastes somewhat sweet. Oh, interesting. And then if it stacks up to a five, you're going to suddenly have a xylitol molecule, okay, yeah. which is what birch has. Mm-hmm. But then as you advance and other trees come in, you'll get to like what's in maple, for mm-hmm. example. And maple's a six sugar, you know, the oh. maple syrup is, maple water is kind of sweet, mm-hmm. but it's because of the glucose. And the carbohydrate will then advance and you'll get, you know, stack up more and you'll get more fibrous materials. We'll be able to grow there. And it has to start with a pioneer though. Mm-hmm. Now, when you look at, let's just say North American temperate climate where you have snow and stuff, you're going to have birch trees going to come in first. What comes last in most of North America today, not in the old days. In the old days, it was redwood trees. It was the final end of the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. What you would have is you're going to have a hemlock tree, which is kind of like a pine type of pine tree, short little little pines. And mm-hmm. the hemlock comes at the end. The birch comes at the beginning today, most mm-hmm. ecosystems, not in Northern California, obviously, where redwood trees are still there. What grows out of the birch tree? You're going to have the shaga mushroom. What grows out of the hemlock tree? The reishi mushroom. You got the beginning, you got the end, and those two are together. Wow. You go to the tropics, you go to Costa Rica. 
off the side of the road, like driving through the jungle in Costa Rica, you're going to see where they've decimated the jungle to put the road in. You'll see Makuna. It'll be hills of Makuna. So is that a pioneer? Makuna's a pioneer. Oh, I didn't now know we that. know Makuna. If you've ever heard of Makuna, Makuna is a Purines. super herb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makuna purians. You'll know that Makuna. It reminds is, me of like Akuna Matata. Yeah, Makuna Matata <laughs> means no worries. Yeah. And you, you probably have, yeah, you know how we do Makuna mm-hmm. and chocolate together, which I'll get to the logic of that in a mm-hmm. second. What what happens is that Makuna has this amazing like neurotransmitter regeneration ability. It's the best precursor for dopamine, for example. Mm-hmm. And therefore it is the best treatment ever discovered for, for Parkinson's. Wow. Mm-hmm. And typically today, if you know, you can get a standardized L-DOPA 15% Makuna product that you're not going to be able to beat that with any pharmaceutical medicine or anything in all of nature for Parkinson's to alleviate symptoms. Yeah, the shaking. Yeah, the shaking. It brings brings that right down Mm -hmm. because it's a dopamine disturbance and it's a disturbance of the substantia nigra, which is the pigmented core of our brain that controls motor, motor functions. And requires dopamine as part of that pathway. So that's the pioneers, Makuna. And then what comes at the end of that tropical ecosystem there in Costa Rica? The nut trees, like like cacao. Mm-hmm. You know, that when you've got big, thick, black soil now, you know, there's no more road around. Everything's been built back up. Next thing you know, you've got two meters of big, black, thick hummus on the floor of that forest. Then cacao likes to grow in that. Mm-hmm. And then the cacao... And the Makuna together, the pioneer with that thing that comes at the end of this ecosystem, like the Shaga and the Rishi mushroom, they come together. And it's that dynamic interaction of opposites, which is very prevalent in herbalism. And it's also something I think is prevalent in our lives. Yeah. How does, is that example, does that work with like trout? You were telling us about, was it trout? Like a fish? Yeah. How it was like jumping. Oh, yeah. Well, I was t- what I was talking about there. OK, so that's an interesting one, too, is, the, you know, trout and salmon. Yeah. Trout, and so that's kind of on a different subject. There's OK. So in in the region of the I guess it would be the Columbia River, it's mm-hmm. the Columbia River and that regions thereabouts in Washington state in North America. I was talking to one of my friends and they and and he, and he had remembered a story I had said that the trout can overcome more than its physical capability uh, to overcome a waterfall, mm-hmm. right? So meaning that the trout coming from the from the headwaters or from the from the um, ocean mm-hmm. or downriver could, and same with salmon, could swim upriver and actually overcome waterfalls that physically it's impossible. There's nothing about the trout's physiology that could allow it to generate enough force to overcome say a waterfall i think the actual number it's definitely no more than 15 feet but Mm -hmm. i think according to conventional physics it's something like 12 feet six inches or 12 Mm -hmm. feet nine inches it's somewhere around there well what they found is is that not only were the trout overcoming waterfalls that were of higher stature than that 18 feet, 19 feet or beyond, there was actually a phenomenon going where they had created a, a, I think it, what are the, what are those called? It's kind of a, a, a fish ladder. That's mm-hmm. what they call them. Oh yeah. And, and the fish jump up from one thing cause there's yeah. a dam been put in, mm-hmm. right? So they fish have to still get upstream and a fish can't overcome a hundred foot wall of a dam. Yeah. So they have to give it a little path around. And there was a, a light that was lighting up this particular fish ladder and it was kept 
getting put out. <laughs> and they could not figure out what was putting this light out. Like it just, you know, they thought, okay, it's kids. Something coming to kids are coming down here busting the light. Yeah. Something. And so they, they eventually put a camera on it. And what they found is that the trout in its rise up the ladder, shooting from one level to another level to another level, could generate so much force, like a bullet, it could hit that light at 19 feet with so much force it'd break it. That's incredible. Because there's so much fish going up that, that ladder. Every now and then one of them just misfires yeah. <laughs> and hits something. You know, next thing you know, they're, they they hit the light. Yeah. Right? Or maybe, you know, who knows, maybe in their in their tracking system, the light is disturbing their thing. And mm-hmm. so they're shooting for the light. 19 feet was such velocity that could break the light. And he brought that to me because he always remembered that. Because most people, when they hear these ideas, again, it's our education system. Nothing can violate the laws of physics. Who created the laws of physics? How do they know? Yeah. Right? It's We need to – one thing we know about science is we need to keep rewriting it. We've mm-hmm. always done that all along. So as, as long as we're open and we're using the scientific method, good. But as soon as we – get sedimentary and we're like no we're stuck and it's Mm -hmm. rigid and now we know this is the law we're going to get trapped and we often do and that's kind of what's happened with our schooling is we don't really realize that this is an ongoing investigation yeah it's terrible (laughs) it's It's like like freaky the whole education system i mean and it never ends too education systems are not like now they're good, but then you know later we don't need it. Yeah, it's all you. You need to be educated your whole life. You need to keep relearning and relearning because yeah. there are assumptions that we've had no longer true. Mm-hmm. There are developments that have had, had technology that we've had technology technologically that are uh, yeah obsolete. Obsolete. Well, yeah. So really, it, what it needs to teach you is how to learn and make you and want to learn more and be mm-hmm. curious. But this this is where, you know, we get into the real future, I think, of where we're going with our civilization is that we're going to be educating kids completely differently, you know, going into the future. We're going to give them the basics, reading, writing, arithmetic, Mm -hmm. and we're going to be teaching them more about innovative thinking, free thinking, thoughts and ideas that are truly coming from the depths of their own soul and not just the thoughts and ideas of others. Yeah. Thoughts and ideas that are based on synchronicity. Mm-hmm. where suddenly a synchronistic thing happens and it causes you to go, oh, wait, put that together with this. Oh, I got the mm-hmm. connection, maybe a connection no one ever made before. Yeah. This is where the great innovations are coming in the future. And that's actually what I've been working on. And I'm going to be launching with a friend of mine on my podcast. It's not really a podcast. I do a Facebook Live. Yeah. In a couple of weeks, uh, the entire homeschooling system. Really? Kate, which is going to start at kindergarten level all the way through. That's incredible. It's incredible. It and is it's incredible. online or what? It will be entirely online. Really? And so it educates parents. It's like, okay, how do you, what are you going to do? Because <laughs> all my friends went through all this. They like tried to put their kids in schools. You know, there was bullying going on mm-hmm. or even at the best, even the best Rudolph Steiner schools. I know. Cause it, that's another, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it just, I, I'm sure Rudolph Steiner would not be proud by some <laughs> of the things that I'd heard. And and some of my friends had to take their kids out of school and be just like, you know, I'm going to homeschool. Didn't know one thing about it. Mm-hmm. And so I have been working on this for years. Uh, you know, education is a big, is a big uh, love, mm-hmm. right? And original thinking. And if you look at what's going on with our world, it's, there's always this battle between structure the, the bureaucracy, the administration, you know, what we think we know, you know, and all of that stuff yeah. and the systems in place and love and innovation. 
Mm -hmm. There's a a conflict. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, the great software systems and Mm -hmm. (laughs) great social media sites start out as love and innovation, but now we're starting to see them turn into concrete. Yeah. It's like starting to get rigid and that will, that's going to be their death. Mm -hmm. And what will come is something brand new, something that's flexible. Speaking of social media, we need to um, tell us a little bit about how you cracked the code on Facebook. Facebook. Well, (laughs) I I will say this. I've been at it since I started on Facebook in April of 2008. And I always thought one day, it's just an experiment. Let me experiment, experiment. If you're doing social media, uh, take a good listen to this. It's an experiment. Mm-hmm. experiment test stuff out try things out it's an experiment in my own rigidness yeah. like uh, how am i being too rigid break that pattern up let's get flexible again try to roll the dice sometimes it fails sometimes it misses sometimes it hits mm-hmm. you know some people you, sometimes you'll put something out and people will love it sometimes you put something out people hate it mm-hmm. and you know the, this inability to experiment will will completely shut down your social media. Mm -hmm. It will make it uninteresting. Mm -hmm. And the ability to experiment is really one of the key skills of social media. So that's an important piece. So I'm giving you a a big one there. Okay. Um, We've now got my Facebook, you know, grown to like 12.2 million fans. Wow. And it grows, you know, grows very large amount every week. Yeah. And, but it's, that's not even a big deal. Like how many fans you have. There's, you know, it's how much engage- engagement yeah. that you have, which is likes, comments, clicks, and shares, you know, like how much people are engaging with it, which to me is really a lot of fun because I put the media out there so that it can really engage people in conversations and mm-hmm. community. And that's really what's cool. And, and we finally, I think the trolling phenomenon, which is, <laughs> you know, associated with that rigidity, we know the truth and this is it. That stuff is just, it's fading away and it's falling into more of like, you know, the more, the weaker, you know, like I'll do more crazy stuff on like Twitter, for example, because I know people are crazier on Twitter. They're more rigid and, you know, they're more neurotic and they're, you know, they're more intense and hateful and whatever. Mm -hmm. So I'll just, sometimes I'll just, I just loved it. You're just effing with them. I know. (laughs) I have to go check out your Twitter. I haven't been on it. It's, That's it's, I'll just so do things funny. that just cause, you know, it's, and I, and I do, it's, I don't want to even say there's, there's a method to my madness. Um, That's so but, funny. but it allows, what it allows me to do actually with Twitter actually allows me to experiment more. Mm-hmm. You know, if I feel I'm getting stuck, let me experiment, let me push the envelope, let me see what I can do here. And Facebook has become actually re- with a recent algorithm change actually kind of better mm-hmm. some of the things we'd done in the past that would have really worked that had stopped working because they changed your algorithm two years ago yeah suddenly working again oh interesting so that's cool though because it allows more tools all of a sudden so mm-hmm. we can do things that are mm-hmm. you know a little bit more variable we have more tools now yeah i mean people love the graphics that you share they just i, I love mean, them too yeah I, I love that part it's, it's nice you know i have a team of people and they come to me and they go what do you think of this what do you think of that and i go i don't like that mm-hmm. or this is good but we need to change this you know mm-hmm. that, i've become like a newspaper editor <laughs> you know i'm like okay we're running the story tomorrow then okay let's change this do this let's put that over here um this is a great meme but i don't like it as a meme let's make it let's animate it okay then we'll put that over here mm-hmm. it's just hilarious yeah and i never thought of myself as like a you know i who was the guy who ran the daily planet and superman ed white or something mm-hmm. something oh, white, yeah yeah right I mean, or j jonah jameson i don't from know Spider-Man. his name yeah you know that was my first exposure to like newspapers Newspaper, when i was a yeah. kid like oh these are how newspaper guys are who run newspapers mm-hmm. and it's kind of a little bit of my life yeah but 
I can do that still. I mean, it is a bigger and bigger job, but it's still kind of a hobby. Mm-hmm. It's not like Facebook pays me to put that content no, up there. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So, it's your own experiment and seeing how people react and what yeah. they react to. What do you think? I mean, you've worked with people for so long and through food, which is something that people are so attached to. It's something so intimate and, and traveling with people. I mean, what if you, what is it about perfectionism that people like, whether it's anti-aging or their rigidity, what, what's in that perfectionism? Why are we so obsessed with being perfect? Good, good question. That's, that's an <laughs> excellent question. Um, you cannot, let's we'll say this. You cannot succeed in social media by trying to be perfect because mm-hmm. you, you can't be everything for everyone. And this is another tip I want to give you is, and to anybody listening, your social media has to be your own love and passion. Mm-hmm. You have to be putting messages out there that you love. Mm-hmm. You can't be something that you're not. Yeah. You'll never make it. Mm-hmm. It's just will not happen. And because you're, you're doing what you love, it's not what everybody loves. You can't be everything for everybody. Mm-hmm. So it, that's kind of how you build a community is because, look, I've got messages I want to get out there. I am against GMOs. Mm-hmm. I, I am absolutely against the, the power of big pharmaceutical companies and their influence on children's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I am absolutely for herbalism. I'm absolutely for nutrition. I'm absolutely for exercise outside. I'm absolutely for fun in the sun. Mm-hmm. I'm absolutely for reading. Today is World Book Day, actually. And, oh, is it? Yeah. And um, and we should talk about my, my new book again because yes. I want to mention a few other things there. Um, so I'm all for reading. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what's authentic to me. And I'm for hemp. And mm-hmm. I'm for using hemp as a building tool and as a transformational tool for our nervous system. And, you know, I'm, I'm putting those messages out there because I love it. Mm-hmm. And that's what you got to do. Now, when you br- come and bring it back to perfectionism, you got to be careful, you know, because that can cause procrastination or yeah. hesitation. And a lot of times in investigating procrastination you know, as a, when I was younger, I found that it's related to that perfectionism. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not perfect. I, I won't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to wait until it's perfect. Um, well, you'll be waiting a while. Mm-hmm. And at some point you have to just let it go. You mm-hmm. got to let it, you just got to go, we're running with the story too late. The time ran out, bam, it's on. Yeah. And, and that's something that is affecting our lives is that we're, oh, we know I'm not ready to go out. I got to be more perfect. I, you know, all of that stuff. And that's just that, that obsession with judgment and that obsession with surface mm-hmm. and, you know, sometimes you just have to get out there and just let it loose and just, you know, shake yeah. your booty. <laughs> best advice ever. Do you talk about ozone therapy in your book? I, I do get into oxygen therapies. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's it. I really wanted to, and I do talk about charcoal too, and charcoal masks and you know, I, uh, the trio hydrogen, oxygen, carbon. I'd love to talk about that more often. And I'd love to get that in a way that even my publisher in this particular case would really allow it. They wouldn't really allow it in this because it's too avant-garde, but mm-hmm. basically, you know, hydrogen's like the baby. Mm-hmm. hydrogen is the is our new self right so a child there's one thing about a brand new baby that's very interesting and that is they have a very high amount of hydrogen in mm-hmm. their tissue as we age our hydrogen goes down so there's a relationship there oh. and then oxygen is what we need to survive but it's a double-edged sword it can mm-hmm. oxidize us mm-hmm. so we have to be careful there so it's oxygen's like a male energy and then carbon's like the female energy mm-hmm. right carbon's the mother and if we look at how we really are detoxifying ourselves and cleaning ourselves off 
hydrogen, which is spring water and places where there's naturally a large amount of vortex points, there's a yeah. large amount of hydrogen coming out of the earth as we experienced in Iceland. You know, that's, you get younger, the spring, the love spring the, that makes you mm -hmm. younger, right? That's kind of the whole thing about a spring. It's like a, you know, fountain of youth. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> Literally, right? And then you go to the next thing, which is oxygen. And from oxygen therapies and ozone, we know that cleans things off. But then there is a point where it's like a little too much oxidation. You have to be careful. And then carbon. You know, we're carbon-based life form. Charcoal. Getting that mother substance in our body, that negative charge in our body. The clean out. Um, actually, char charcoal and activated charcoal and birch charcoal and C60 compound are very capable at drawing off from our system toxic particles, heavy metals, plastics, um, compounds that are potentially carcinogenic, like mm -hmm. certain pesticides. And it does that through our intestinal wall. It actually draws it right out of our blood. And that process is called interstitial dialysis which reminds us of what our kidneys are doing because actually with our toxic world that we're in right now, we do need more of that mother energy mm -hmm. charcoal. And we do need a little bit more of, you know, that, that extra power of our liver and our kidneys to clean our blood. Cause we just dealing with more toxins than ever before. We've got so much in our food and our water and our air. And that's why I'm a big advocate of getting back to the mother substance charcoal. It's the safest compound known. It's an antitoxin, actually. It's the first line of defense of toxicity. Mm -hmm. You know, if you, if you, let's say you drank something and you had a anaphylactic shock, you're going to go to the hospital. First thing they give you is charcoal. And if that oh. doesn't work, then they pump your stomach. And so that's an important thing to realize is just how important charcoal already is in our lives. We don't even realize it. And then when I got into the research on longevity and charcoal, that's when things went all the way. Mm -hmm. By the way, charcoal is a black substance. Yeah. Jing substance, right? Mm -hmm. What ended up happening is I started realizing that with mice, very common in animal research that mice fed charcoal live 20% longer, 22% longer, 23% wow. longer, 30% longer, 33% longer, 34% longer, 40% longer, 43% longer. And I did go back and double check this. There was one study where, where the mice lived 47% longer. By taking in more? Taking in charcoal. Yeah, As, more charcoal. More, well, it, or, compared to other studies, yeah, yeah. I'd have to go back and yeah, exactly correlate, okay, crazy. how much was this versus that yeah. study? Because it's not, they're not always, you know, some are in the metric system, mm -hmm. some are in the English yeah, system. You I know. know, it's just like, geez, what do I got to do to figure this stuff out and compare these things? But that would be a great comparative study for someone who's getting a PhD mm -hmm. in nutrition. If I went back, I do have a master's in nutrition. If I went back today, I would probably do something like that because charcoal is the most profound of the longevity substances of all things. And what does it mean? It means that detoxification is more important than nutrition even. Mm -hmm. And defects in detoxification is associated with aging. What, what is the... So what's a defect in detoxification? Meaning that like your body is a community. Yeah. It's a community of cells. And your community of cells is absorbing stuff. It's eating it, digesting it, and excreting it. Mm -hmm. And if you're bathing in some of the excretion waste and your body's going, hey, we're trying to get rid of this waste and it can't get rid of it. You know, as we age, for mm -hmm. example, we're, we get more, you know, we've, we've been on the earth longer. And so there can be more debris in our system and that can cause problems. And mm -hmm. down the road, eventually, you know, we know that heart disease, cardiovascular disease, it's plaque, 
right? Plaque formation. What's that? It's debris. Mm -hmm. And we've got to have a clever system to clean out the debris from our system or detoxify us. And that's why, and that's why, you know, you see, you know, so many people instinctively know that. That's why detox is such a hot word. And then the system says, oh, you know, detox is nothing. Don't worry about it. Meanwhile, you know, iatrogenic diseases, which is diseases caused by doctors, pharmaceutical drugs, or hospitals, is the number three killer in America and has been for 17 straight years. Wow. And, And arguably higher but you know how they changed the mm-hmm. statistics. Because so if somebody really had died, you know died of the of the drug, but they had cancer, they mm-hmm. are listed as then, dying of the cancer. Yeah. Um, so you know there's an argument to be made that it's actually even worse than third. Um, to me, those that's the losing team. I don't want to be on that losing team. I've always been on the winning team. Mm-hmm. So that's why I don't have anything to do with that kind of medicine. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have to do with herbal medicine because I want to be on the winning team. Mm-hmm. What a, so how much charcoal do you take every day? Well, you start out small. Mm-hmm. Charcoal is a drying substance, so you don't want to take too much in the beginning. It can constipate you. 500 milligrams is a great place to start. Just experiment. 500 milligrams you know, in the morning with water. And remember that charcoal can neutralize medication. So if somebody has to take medication, like thyroid medication, mm-hmm. they've got to be careful not to take it with charcoal. You could take charcoal on the other side of the day, you know, mm-hmm. 12 hours apart, oh, yeah. no problem. That would work. But you have to be careful if you're on certain types of medication, it'll neutralize it. And then, you know, you got, you've got to be aware that charcoal, you know, under small dose is, you know, can have a nice effect. But, you know, suddenly you do like 10,000 milligrams, <laughs> it might be too, you know, might cause a plug to occur. Mm-hmm. You know, all of a sudden you're like, wait, you know, things aren't moving. Pass the magnesium. <laughs> yeah, pass the magnesium. Like, let's get this thing going here. <laughs> I want to touch on vaccines, speaking of children, and just... I know you're so um, you're such an advocate for not vaccinating, and I I want to get into specifics, the link between autism and 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 just your thoughts on it in general. Fantastic! Thanks for asking. This is a you know one of the hottest subjects, most controversial subjects there is, and the reason why it's so controversial is because they really, really, really want us to believe that science has figured out how to stop infectious disease with vaccines. Mm-hmm. Um, vaccines can work. Mm-hmm. And obviously you don't want any adjuvants in those vaccines like aluminum hydroxide, which is in all the vaccines, mercury, which is in still in some vaccines, um, polysorbate 20, polysorbate 80, formaldehyde, which is in most vaccines. All you have to do is look at the vaccine insert and see what's there. So the vaccine idea can work, um, but not a good idea to have these mass manufactured vaccines that are made in China which is a one size fits all type of vaccine concept for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it, that's dangerous right there. Not only that, and this is what I want to say, and it's important to say it, there's been a better technology been figured out a long time ago by Nikola Tesla, which is the ozone system. Mm-hmm. Cause what we're trying to do is stop infectious diseases. Ozone stops infectious diseases on contact Right. So polio, for example, people are getting polio in New York City in 1895 because there's horse poop on the streets and animal poop on the streets and human poop around. And there's warm water around becomes a breeding ground. Next thing you know, you have an infectious disease. Mm -hmm. How do you stop that? You treat the water with ozone. It kills off the oxygen, kills off the oxygen, kills polio on contact. Right. So this is the thing that they don't. That's that is what they do not want you to know right there. We have a better system, and it doesn't include big pharma, and that's why they don't want you to know it. 
Mm-hmm. We have a simpler system that can be produced. You can, I can have an ozone machine in your house that's vastly cheaper than trying to vaccinate your kids or any of this other stuff and making sure that your kids are getting, for example, ozonated water. If you're in serious trouble, we could put ozone directly into the blood. We could put you in an ozone sauna, you know, bathe you in ozone gas. I mean, there's just so many applications that can be done here. We could put, if you have an infection on your skin, we'll take ozone, bubble it through olive oil, take that olive oil, put it right on your skin. It releases oxygen and kills that infection topically. This is Nikola Tesla stuff. I've been using ozone machines for over 25 years. I have two of them personally myself. I've worked in an ozone clinic in Tijuana for 10 years with Dr. William Hitt, WilliamHittCenter.com. Back in mm-hmm. the day, I don't know if they're still even using that. I think they've, they're out of business now. He passed in his, in his I think it was oh, he's about 90-something. He was in oh. a car accident in his 80s, and mm. it seriously injured him, unfortunately. But, you know, I saw it. I yeah, saw what you happened. knew that it wasn't. Yeah, I saw the yeah. terminal <laughs> cases come in there, the brain cancers, the stomach cancers, and what happened to them within a, a 10-week, 8-week, 12-week cycle. And this is how we suffer. This is why we're suffering. This, any system that is trying to keep you in ignorance is not a system associated with freedom and is not associated with science, mm-hmm. right? So scientism must hijack science. Mm-hmm. It must, because it must keep you from knowing. And what I'm telling you is there are other ways to deal with infectious disease, simpler ways, more natural and more advanced and better for all of us. Because guess what all of us have to do? Breathe oxygen. Mm -hmm. And guess what all of these infectious diseases don't do? They don't breathe oxygen. So they're susceptible. They have a weak spot. And I've been battling this. I've been at this, you know, although people have heard my talks on this and they've seen my memes on this and, you know, they know that about me, both on the, you know, they, you know, whether they love me or hate me or whatever. Yeah. I actually, even if you hate me for it, you, I'm going to tell you right now so you know and you can investigate yourself, ozone kills infectious diseases on contact. Whether you like it, love it, hate it, do <laughs> not become an agent for some big pharmaceutical company that does not have your best interest in mind nor your family's best interest in mm-hmm. mind. So the ozone machine if you can get for your house, you can't stay in the room for a period of time or... Can you oh, be in? Sure, you could. Okay, so how do you use an ozone machine? I, I've been using ozone machines for so long that I basically, at least at this point, I've got a lot of experience and really some incredible discoveries, you know, mm-hmm. over the years. And I finally figured out how to create an ozone um, house unit that you could breathe in. You could just have it ozone in your house, so yeah. it kills off the mold because mold is non-oxygen breathing. Yeah, don't don't all homes the way that they're built develop mold? Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, not it's all, but yes, there are serious problems with black mold all over the Western world with the way that we've been yeah. built, been building homes. How do you protect yourself? One is get a HEPA filter so you're pulling the mold spores out of the a- atmosphere. Two, you can take an ozone system. So, for example, here's how an ozone system works: an ozone system run, has to run off a tank of oxygen. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you can get that in a medical supply. Or you can get that. There's even oxygen available, you know, that they go around and drive around and it can deliver you oxygen, Mm. you know, because we've got people who are breathing oxygen, you know, on these, you know, respirators. (laughs) Yeah. You take the oxygen from the tank and you bring it into an ozone system the size of this electronic device that we're looking at here (laughs) on the floor. And 
it comes in one side. There's a tube inside another tube. And the oxygen is running in the space in between. Mm. In the middle of the middle tube is an electrical spark, right? You have, you're ionizing the gases that are in that middle tube. So it's a sealed tube and you're striking an electrical arc on it and through the glass, because it electrifies the glass of the yeah. middle tube, the oxygen going around it is electrified and turned into O3, O4, O5, O6, O7, O8, O9, O10, O11, O12, then above. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to take that as it comes out the other side. You can't breathe that. You could use that. You could bubble that through water and drink the water. Mm-hmm. You could take that and you could um, bubble it through olive oil and then use that olive oil and put that on your skin. But if you bubble it through an oil and then the gases that come out of the olive oil are O8 and above, they're non-aggressive but still oxidizers. Mm-hmm. You can take that and bubble it through your room or, or, or your house. Yeah. filter it through your room or house because mm-hmm. it's heavy. Oxygen's heavy and because ozone's heavy. You want mm-hmm. to put it up higher in the, in the mm-hmm. room or in your house because you want it to filter down. And then you could actually use ozone as a system in your home. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. And then that allows the ozone to do its job without damaging your electronics and without damaging your lungs because ozone's so aggressive, it can, it can damage your mucosa. As, as an oxidizer, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, you know, it's like, you don't want to put hydrogen peroxide in your hands because it could burn you, mm-hmm. it, you know, but dilute or done in a way that I'm describing bubbling it through oil, then you can use it that way. So we need, I need to get one of those. <laughs> that's, that's a, Make I have one. a friend of mine yeah. you know, who's been at this, actually him and I have been working on this together for 20 years. We've known each other 20 years. He finally designed his own system. And just like in the last, so I'll give you his information. Mm-hmm. Great guy, Blake Miller. And he, he does, he runs ozone detox saunas. Wow. So that's how, you know, that's cause that's all. And by the way, all this stuff is legal. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a water filtration device. Mm-hmm. The city of Los Angeles uses ozone to f- clean the water up. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Many cities do, mm-hmm. but you never heard that. Yeah. And you, you should wonder why, you know, now you, you're probably going, oh, now I know why. Mm-hmm. Um, big interests don't want certain information out. I will put myself at risk to get that information out because it needs to be out. We need to know about it. We need to be aware of the forces that are arrayed against us because those forces are faltering and we are rising. We're becoming stronger because the internet, podcasting, communication, Mm -hmm. cell phones allows us to get it out. What's the deal with all these? Isn't there a whole community of naturopaths slow dying? Like randomly, it looks like it. I don't think it's random though. Um, yeah, we, we're exactly. starting. Yeah, we're starting to see that there are there are people who are doing innovative work in medicine who are who are suddenly dying. Um, we have all been taught that we live in the age of enlightenment, and all of a sudden now we've figured everything out. But then you look at how we're dying, and you look at the loss of dignity. We've all seen that happen with family members and friends mm-hmm. and you know we look at the at the conventional narratives that are taught told us on you know the news and stuff and we go that's fake that's not real mm-hmm. you know and so we're starting to realize that actually no that's a deception we are not living in an enlightened age we're living in a controlled age that appears to have freedom and appears to be enlightened and so what i've seen is that there has been enormous medical breakthroughs like gc math like dr bradstreet is one of the first doctors to be killed 
Dr. Bradstreet was an innovator in understanding GC macrophase act- activation factor. Which is? Which is a substance that's found in mother's milk and, wow. can, and can be actually cultured from colostrum. In my understanding, I, I'm mm-hmm. studying it. So I want people to have the technology so they don't need anybody else. You can do it at home, right? Mm-hmm. GC math um, GC macrophage activating factor flips on certain genes that both stop autism and cancer. Wow. Now, one of the things that's been purported out there, and there is some evidence of this, I've seen it, Nogalase, which is a specific enzyme that is not reported to be in vaccines, but has been detected in vaccines, breaks down a certain particular ability of your body to produce GCMAF. GC math mm-hmm. and Nogalase as an enzyme in these. See, this is what this is where we're at. What this means is, is that at the very highest level of these pharmaceutical empires is serial killers. Yeah, that's what people don't want to accept. They don't want to accept that evil is real. They don't want to accept that maybe there's real terrorism going on in the world, which is big oil, big banks. Big pharmaceutical companies have been toppled by psychopaths and sociopaths who rise to the top of those corporate chains. I mean, all we have to do is think through it logically and we start going, yeah, that makes sense. That could be, you know, we only get, oh, it's just a serial killer. You know, this guy over here, you know, this crazy Charles Manson or something. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-uh. No, there are serial killers who've risen to the tops of corporations and they're ruthless. Mm -hmm. And they're ruthless in the way they manipulate you in not giving you all the facts, and they may be involved in terrorism, Mm -hmm. which is putting stuff in children's vaccines that should not be there. And that is the conclusion that I've had to come to, and it's a shocking conclusion. But I'd like anybody to refute this whole thing on Nogales and GC Math and that Dr. Bradstreet was just an accidental suicide or whatever they're saying about him and many others. And then why do they go after everybody trying to make GC Math available to all of us? Mm-hmm. Why shouldn't we just have it? I mean, what you know, what's why are they trying to block it? Yeah. Can't hurt us. You see what I mean? That's where I'm at with my research. So I know what we're up against, mm-hmm. and it's organized crime. What's is there a certain? Um, I mean, some people can process what's in these vaccinations. Is it MTHF? What's that? GCMAF. Oh, G. No, no. Is there? It's like methyl- MTHFR. Yeah, yeah. That where is, it causes it. It's a gene gene mutation. And you're not supposed to get. You're definitely supposed to stay from away from vaccines. Right. If, if you, you have, have an MT. HFR, yeah, gene mutation. You should not be vaccinated with a standard vaccine because you're the one size fits all. Never works. Mm-hmm. And doesn't the majority we- <laughs> of the population or a big chunk of the population have that gene mutation? There are millions of people that have that gene mutation. Friends of mine, I was talking about it last night on a radio show. Actually, that particular gene mutation it causes a defect in methylation, mm-hmm. and so that means that you do not detoxify as easily and as, as readily as others do. So going back to the charcoal. Yep. Yeah. That's where, and so that's what I, in those cases, that's what I recommend is because there's a methylation disorder, what we can do is we can put more betaine in that person's diet. Remember we mentioned that, the carbon with the three hydrogens, Mm -hmm. and then we're going to put more charcoal into that person, and then we're going to have more methylating compounds into that person so that they can actually detoxify better. But if you suddenly overburden them with a huge amount of aluminum hydroxide, a huge amount of polysorbate, 20 polysorbate, 80, um, formaldehyde and but god forbid thimerosal or 
mercury, it can overwhelm their system and suddenly they can be damaged, mm-hmm. you know, especially for a child. And so you would think like, okay, we can have this conversation in a rational way. Uh-uh. They will not allow even a rational conversation about it because they have to stick to their radical position. One size fits all. There's nothing wrong with our vaccines. Everybody who's been injured by a vaccine is lying. I know they're not lying because yeah. I've met th- well over a thousand parents whose children have been injured by vaccines. I've known this for 20 something years. I've been out in the field. Every event I did, I've done 3000 events. You know that Mm -hmm. all over the country, all over the world. Every event, there was always somebody there with their vaccine injured child or, you know, had a terrible, you know, reaction to, you know, some flu vaccine or whatever. It's and so I and I just thought this we're never going to break through. You know, there's Mm -hmm. just no people are too into their beliefs. They're too much into their scientism, you know, their fanaticism and believing that science is perfect. Um, and so eventually what ends up happening is, is then they have to learn the lesson the hard way. And unfortunately, people are learning it really the hard way. And you don't want to be one of those people. Can it be reversed, the damage? In some cases, yes. In some cases, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's devastating. It's, it's, so this is, again, bringing us back to... We have to be very, very careful in our world because our media is not what we think it is. It's not free media. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, there's a purge going on on YouTube where they've got 10,000 people reviewing s- videos on YouTube. And if it doesn't fit the conventional narrative, then those websites are being deleted. Those websites are basically being banned off of YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing this also in other social media. And, and then there's the troll farming going on, which is, you know, there's a $40 million troll farm where they're paying people to go and troll certain people with certain narratives. Yeah. Right. For example, if you have a big pharmaceutical company, and by the way, if you buy pharmaceuticals, you're funding it. Mm-hmm. You're funding it. You're funding the corrosion of the institution of freedom mm-hmm. because they're taking some of your money and they're putting it back and they're going, okay, we're going to use this money to, to fund a whole bunch of people who have, you know, maybe low income or something to get on the internet and just attack, attack, attack this person. Here's the key words that you use. I know that because I, I can see the same words are used against me mm-hmm. repeatedly and they're just reversed in order or sometimes they're hashtagged or not. And it's like, these people don't know me. Yeah. They don't even know what it, they're like. This person's a snake oil salesman. I've been selling food. I don't <laughs> even sell supplements. So they obviously are getting that from a narrative that's being pushed to them on a troll farm where they go and they pick up the information. They're like, okay, I'll, we'll go attack this guy and many others as well. So to be aware of that, actually we're, what's happening on the internet is we're becoming aware of the trolling and how ridiculous it is. Mm-hmm. You know, right? It's starting to now flip around now where the trolling is actually losing effect because now it's more of a comedy thing. Well, yeah, that and even the banks are getting involved. Like I was using Shopify as a payment processor and they like shut me down because they thought I was selling CBD and I wasn't even selling CBD and it's legal. So the gateway processor, which is probably Stripe, Mm -hmm. shut you down because they that's how they're controlling it. So the banks, this is how this is this is how it goes on. Let me just talk about Standing Rock for a second. Yeah. So I was part of the Standing Rock protest to stop the Dakota Access Pipeline from going across the Missouri River. As Democracy Now! found out, there were 38 banks involved in four oil companies. You were never told that. They never told you that on the mm-hmm. news. You thought it was just, oh, they're just putting this pipeline through and all these people, these idiots, are just <laughs> trying to block this and progress needs to go on. So let's get them out of the way and just put the thing through. 
these this is very important to understand. Well, who's the big bank in the game? Wells Fargo yeah. Bank. Now, I know many people work in Wells Fargo Bank. They're wonderful people, great people. But at the top, it's run by sociopaths and psychopaths. Mm -hmm. And not even, there may be 10 people at the top or 100 people at the top in Wells Fargo Bank, and maybe 80 of them are good people. But the 20 who are psychopaths and sociopaths and greedy little maniacs, they're <laughs> the ones who pick these jobs and go, yeah, we'll join in this. We'll make a bunch of money and we'll put this thing through. And, well, it's going to leak, but who cares? It doesn't matter. We're still going to make money, right? That psychopathic thing. So, you know, wh where we go to is people go, oh, you know, there's no way that we can be being lied to. And it's like, did you know that 38 banks were involved? In Dakota Access Pipeline, did you know that Wells Fargo was involved? Did you know that when you put your money in Wells Fargo Bank, they use that money to fight Native Americans? Did you know that you didn't? Did you know that normal people work in Wells Fargo Bank? No, <laughs> right? Or you are you? Maybe you do know that, right? Yeah. That there's normal people. They're not psychopaths. They're normal people like you and me. Of mm -hmm. course, they're friends of ours. But at the top, it's corruption, and see that's how evil works. And we're so set in our ways, right? Like taking all your money out of Wells Fargo to make a point. I mean, it's just, it's too overwhelming. So you're just going to post on social media and then like call it good and stay in the system. Like that's what happened. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens. Exactly. So I did pull all my money out of Wells Fargo Bank, by the way. I don't that's have any. I won't, yeah. No way. Uh-uh. Um, and unfortunately, and I had lots of accounts with Wells Fargo's bank going back to when I was 14 years old. That's a lot to handle. It's yeah, a lot managed. to handle, but they just showed me that they're they're involved in evil and corruption. But then, where do you put it? Because when I was looking into it, credit it unions, was like, yeah, credit unions, because then put they credit unions. own so many. They have a stake in so many different banks as well. It's freaky. Yes, and and so you know, all of this is bringing us to an awareness about our world, mm -hmm. which is that the battle between good and evil goes on. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, this whole thing that's like, oh, evil doesn't exist. B.S. You go. Why don't you go down to a courthouse and you, you see these killers and murderers and you know rapists and robbers and sexual assaulters and all that evil does exist like wake up. <laughs> and it doesn't just exist at that low level. It exists at all levels, including mm -hmm. government levels mm -hmm. and big oil and and big banks. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's a big part of what I do is just. Creating that awareness to help people understand that, like, hey, the battle between good and evil goes on and will always go on. That's mm -hmm. just how that's, that's what this dimension is about. Yeah. But this world that we're currently in is in very serious trouble because of the disguise that evil wears called science. Mm -hmm. Very important key idea. Evil is going to co-op scientism right co-op science and call and basically i'll call that scientism and say oh we know where we're from big bang we know where we're from darwinism we, we know where we're from um intelligent genes richard dawkins um we, we know where we're from social darwinism you know all this stuff that is just a theory mm -hmm. it's not a fact right but it's sold to us as a fact and that right there should concern you and then people say, well, what is it? Is you, okay, then you're, you must be some like fundamentalist, whatever, you know, you're a fundamentalist religious person, whatever. It's like, I bet you that every theory that's ever been offered of where we came from and who we are is all wrong. Mm -hmm. I bet you. I've, I've been, because I'm an investigator of the paranormal. This is what Charles Fort, my favorite writer, the greatest influence on Stephen King, by the way. Oh. This is what he wrote, you know, in his books. He, he's like, 
He's basically his most famous book is called The Book of the Damned, and it's about all the information we damn and get rid of because it doesn't fit our theory. Mm-hmm. Rudolf Steiner called it the aramonic deception. We only get some of the information. The other stuff that goes against that information, we got to hide it. We got to get rid of it. We got to make sure it never gets in front of you. We got to make sure that if it gets in front of you, it's ridiculed and attacked nonstop or debunked or whatever. That right there is the is how we get this fake worldview in place, mm-hmm. right? Because we're only getting part of the evidence. In order to get a complete picture of the whole thing, we have to look at the evidence for and against and everything. Mm-hmm. And we have to review it all. And we have to take the normal and the paranormal together. Mm-hmm. We have to take the logical and the illogical together. One defines the other. Mm-hmm. The rational and the irrational together. If you recall, we always get there can never be any irrational phenomenon like the Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster or you know, whatever, because that's just, you know, we're scientific now. Yeah. No. Um, science has always been used to investigate all phenomenon, not just the rational so what do we have to look forward to with the new generation that's going to be learning from your platform? What are they learning? Well, what's happening is is we're, kids are more open at a young age. Mm-hmm. So they're starting to realize at a younger age, like, oh, wait, it might be this, not that. And that's what we want. It, it, I'm not telling them to believe anything. Yeah. I'm just telling them to, like, look at it all and take it all with a grain of salt. There's this side and this side. This side has good points. Um, that side has good points. Use your own best judgment. Mm-hmm. And same with parents and same with everybody. Just that's the thing. I'm an educator and helping us to open up our worldview, not go, oh, you don't believe in this now. Now believe over this. No, uh-uh. we don't yeah. do that. It's- we want people to use their own minds in critical thinking. And I guess that's how I would summarize it. The kids today, especially the 14 year olds, really amazing critical thinking skills. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that generation. They're already, I mean, I, I'm hiring them. Yeah. I mean, wow. they, yeah, I've got people working for me who are like 21. I've got people working with me who are 14. You know, I can't pay them as an employee, but I want to hear what they got to say. I want to learn what they're learning. I want to hear their insight on, you know, how to use the internet. I want to see how quick they are with Snapchat. I mean, <laughs> that's just amazing to me. It's like, you know, you don't want to push anybody out of your field. You want to bring them all in and learn from everybody. And that's actually what really gave rise to this, to my new book, actually, The Beauty Diet, is that I learned a lot since I wrote Eating for Beauty almost 20 years ago. Wow. Was that 20 years ago? 20 years ago. Wow. Isn't that crazy? And so I wanted to bring that insight into a new concept of beauty, which is, you know, how are we going to stay in that field of the, you know, the Native Americans called it the beauty way. Mm Mm-hmm. That beauty way, which is it's a way of life. It's a way of living, you know, with the beautiful earth and it's a way of appreciating nature and it's a way of appreciating points of view. But I don't appreciate just one point of view. I appreciate all of them. And I, and I look at both sides and I have my own I place my own bets in certain areas. And, you know, we call that playing the probabilities. You know, you have to do that nutrition. Yeah. Veganism might be a perfect situation over here, but over here, no. Yeah, no. Right. It's mm-hmm. Probabilities. And yes, you can get better and more accurate at that as time goes on. And there are tools that you can use. But ultimately, it's about probabilities. You know, that's what life is about. And that's what we're always doing is we're just looking at it all. And we're going, okay, the probability is that this is going to happen. Let's put our bets, bets there. The probability is that's going to happen. Let's put our bets there. 
And that's that's kind of what we did with the beauty diet is we're like looking at where the trends are. We're looking at what I use personally and we're, we're going, okay, boom, here's the research that we put together on infrared saunas. Mm-hmm. Here's the research we put together on veganism. Here's the research that we put together on ghee and its importance for the hormone system mm-hmm. and, and cholesterol, right? Yeah. We only got one side problem. of the cholesterol yeah. story. Exactly. The other side is that you need cholesterol. Yeah, you kind of need it. It's kind of important. Kind of important. <laughs> and that's kind of cool. And yeah. then another thing, too, is just bringing people up to like up to speed with like, you know, some of the cool stuff that I'm really into, like brushing my teeth with charcoal. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Nadine makes an amazing the winter green charcoal. Charcoal toothpaste. It's so good. It's the best ever. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of stuff. I wanted to get that in the book. And and you know what's amazing is since I've been preaching the charcoal toothpaste, not only have some companies created really great products, but I've been going to health food stores and be like, hey, you know, where's your charcoal toothpaste? Gone. Sold out. Oh my God. Sold out. So I know people are listening. Of course. Right? Anything that comes out of your mouth. And like <laughs> since before we actually like met, it was just like, I need that. I need that. And which also goes back to like people are neurotic and they need to like do what works for them and yeah. diversify and like just be a yeah, little I, chill I out. Hope, but, and I think people do get yeah. that. I, I'm trying to help them make the best decisions yeah, for themselves exactly. right? and, and to develop those critical thinking skills for yourself so you can look at all the different options. <laughs> and there are many options I don't know about. That's why I'm trying to read as much as possible. And that's why I write books, too, because yeah. it helps to internalize that information Yeah. so that, you know, when you when you write a book, you know the information in, mm-hmm. a, in a deeper way. And that's really fun. And it doesn't like fill, you can get it out and then refill. Yeah. And then refill. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and so this project really, I have to thank um, Rebecca Gothier who helped me so much yeah. with this book. I mean, she masterminded taking all of my lectures and everything and all the material. And then she's like, Oh my God, we don't have enough research on this. I better, you know, the voluminous references in this book mm-hmm. is really thanks to her. Thank God for her. And just making sure that everything's, grammatically tight and I had to go through it all and be like, Mm -hmm. okay, this is, nope, that's not right. Put this over here. This turned out, this was transcribed incorrectly. This is actually this word, not that word, you know, that kind of thing. But it's the first book that I've ever done that way where, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we, I didn't have to actually sit down and go through like, okay, this paragraph, that paragraph, we just transcribed my lectures Mm -hmm. and that's, Um, I couldn't, I couldn't yeah, do it. For, yeah. It's just too much time. Yeah. I mean, it was just too much. And thank God for so Rebecca. So much in she there. Did, she did such a wonderful mm-hmm. job. And we also reviewed every beauty diet book out there. Anything having to do with beauty out there. And there is nothing like the beauty diet out there. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you that. There's nothing even close mm-hmm. in terms of the content, the richness of the content. You know how I am. Yeah. It's like I want every Deep. sentence to be to pop mm-hmm. and be something important. I don't write fluff. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, a, it, you know, suddenly you read five paragraphs and you're like, I didn't even learn anything in that five paragraphs. Yeah. And next thing you know, you're five pages in. You're like, what, you know, where's the, where's the beef? Mm-hmm. So I like being punchy, you know, so every sentence mm-hmm. carries something. No fillers. No filler. Forget the filler. And that's why we got the good stuff in there. Yeah. And the essential oil education. I'm so excited mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. And what else? What are some of my other favorite parts? I'm really, Colleen Kukowski, her and I, we traveled Iceland together, actually, Colleen and I. Oh, really? Yeah, and she helped me with the recipes. She's so awesome. 
And I think really, you know, we really bonded on that Iceland trip that we did together many years ago. It's probably been six or seven years now. And then, you know, we've worked together. So she's, it's almost telepathic. I can just go, Colleen, we're going to do this recipe, you know, in, a, mm-hmm. in one of our shows. And she's like, look, I'll put all these recipes together, you know, for your book. You just, you know, make sure you just give me permission and go through everything and, mm-hmm. and we'll get it in there. And we got it in there. That's so we incredible. got a really incredible array of the simple re- recipes, but, you know, basic stuff mm-hmm. all the way to like, okay, how to use these herbs. How do oh, you know, how do we nice. put that in there? Mm-hmm. You know, you're familiar with, you know, how yeah. we do these things. I know, but it can be hard. Like some herbs taste really awful. Bad. <laughs> Rhodiola. I like, I think really? Rhodiola is, you know, better than Sheila Sheet for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sheila, Sheila, Sheila Sheet is like, like, whoa. Well, I, yeah. Tar. Yeah. What is Sheila G? It comes out like. I've heard so many stories. Benzopyrenes, right? Which is like, you know, you in my my the way I think about it in my mind, I go humic acid, fulvic acid, benzopyrenes, which is like the super soil material that really shilajit is. It's a resin probably secreted from the roots of plants in high altitude regions. Yeah. And and because in high altitude regions you you're gonna have less tree cover or no tree cover Mm -hmm. you have very little area with soil on it because the soil is always going down right Mm -hmm. corrosion is going down or erosion goes down um these compounds are secreted by these plants create like a resin and a a soil that can stick between the rocks so that the plant has something to nourish itself so it's something like that going on with shilajit Mm -hmm. it appears and it was figured out by the Vedic civilization. Um, Shilajit means born of stone, destroyer of weakness. Wow. And that's, you know, that's, that's how, it, that's how it goes down. Mm-hmm. We get that in our toothpaste. That's something for toothpaste <laughs> right there. We, I was here in Orange County, actually, when, when we broke, we cracked the code of mixing chocolate with Shilajit. Is it in the Amazonian? No. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I don't know. No, it's in, Shilajit is in, no, we don't use it in sacred chocolate. Mm. We have used it, but not in any yeah. current formula. Yeah, the Amazonian is Amazonian herbs. Just Amazonian. And, and Mexican herbs, like Quarrobea funebris, so which is the good. butterscotch herb that's in there. Yeah. It's so good. That's a good one. Yeah, Shilajit and chocolate. I'll have to... Shilajit and chocolate, what a what a combination right mm-hmm. there. And that allows you to get it in. And that's one of the things that I like to do in my book. That's what we do in the beauty diet is just get in these things. Like how do you make it taste good or how can you get it into your body like we're doing right here? We've got a little bit of green tea with mm-hmm. some sacred chocolate cashew butter. Yeah. Cashew milk with that cashew butter. Oh. And pristine hydro water. Oh, that's what's in here. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. <laughs> and then we're, I'm getting the kick on this. This has been really good. I did, we, I had the gacha matcha, which I... I think was your inspiration, if I'm correct, right? Yeah, yeah. We had one of those bars earlier today. I didn't. I I gave you. Um, I gave Christina one of the bars, but ours has pine pollen in it. I'm excited to have the one that you guys made. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. have you tried it yet? No. Okay, I'm so we'll have that. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be good. The holy cacao though is next level. Holy cacao is a next level bar. It's so it's good. So, it's so incredible. I mean, just yeah. just the. The way that's in that I product, know. where it comes from, and the quality of it—it's unmatched. I mean, it's mm-hmm. unbeatable in the world. Mm-hmm. And and that's another thing too. And you know, we appreciate your support. You, you know, supporting Nikki, what she does, supporting Sacred Chocolate, what we do there. It keeps the whole thing alive. There's no quality operations like this. I mean, there's 
we grind on stone. We use 100% green power. We don't call our employees employees. We call them Oompa Loompas. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like we run a, a business that's fun. Yeah. But it's, we get squeezed on margins because we do it right. Yeah. And we're not cheating. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of these, you know, all, all the non-organic processing facilities it's there's so much cheating going on yeah even in the organic field there's some cheating going on but you know the other fields is like there's so much cutting corners and putting preservatives and stuff and you know i just want you to know that we do not cut corners and that is such an important part of sacred chocolate and everything i've ever done is like and and by the way there's a lot of stuff that i can't do because it's too expensive Mm -hmm. and people don't realize the quality so i just don't do it because yeah some people don't get it they don't get it but it's so good. It's the best. I love that you appreciate that. Yeah, I think no, that's it's something in our Persian DNA yeah. that appreciates quality that goes back to the Persian <laughs> Empire days. Yeah. You know, of the, of all the great cultures living together. I mean, the Persian Empire was the first mm-hmm. cosmopolitan culture and that we could take the great things from this and that and put them all together. That's that's what we do. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I love to do is bring let's bring the lucuma from Peru. Yeah. Let's bring the the chocolate from Ecuador. Mm-hmm. You know, let's bring the Chinese herbs, you know, the astragalus or reishi or, you know, any of the great ones, um, gynostemma from our best sources, Ron Tea Garden in China. And let's bring that together and we'll put together these formulas and make something new. The green tea right here with the cashew, right? Mm-hmm. Cashew is Central American. Green tea, that comes from, from Asia, essentially, South China and, and Northern Thailand and Myanmar and those places and, and Nepal. And then, boom, put it together. Yeah, so good. Okay, one last question. What you are always like a million steps ahead of everyone else. What are you, what herb are you really into right now? Ooh, what herb am I really into? Or just That's anything. A... Like what health? Well, let me, tell you, let me tell you what I was doing at home. I was just at home in Hawaii and uh, we we're doing, so let me just tell you like where my mind goes. A friend of mine lives right on the lava field there in, in on the big island. And we were over at her house and the lava came down 13 miles from the, from Kilauea crater and came right at her neighborhood and just veered around her neighborhood within 10 meters on two sides. You know, so this whole thing that we are told that a volcano can't have consciousness, a stone have, can't have consciousness, a cloud can't have consciousness is just, yeah, I don't. Oh my gosh, we haven't you know, even I gone. just don't, you know, like it's a real, it's again, Rudolf Steiner, our thoughts and ideas and concepts have nothing to do with reality. It's just like, you know, people are like, oh, that's dead or whatever. You explain to me how it's possible. It goes around her neighborhood like that, 10 meters on both sides, then comes down to the, to their refuse transfer station, which, you know, that whole community depends on that for processing all their waste and trash and yeah. recycling and everything stops the fence after coming 13 miles. <gasps> At the fence, we filmed it. Then goes around that, goes down to the highway twice, stops within 10 meters of the highway twice. What? And, but still, we have this this scientism, again, which is this fake belief that everything is not imbued with consciousness, mm-hmm. right? Everything is standing room only. It's always been that way. You know, that's why we get people connected back with the food that starts to get us back to reality. And all of a sudden we start going, oh yeah, everything's imbued with consciousness mm-hmm. and beauty and love. And anyway, so what happened was when that volcano came down, there's 600 year old trees in that forest mowed down by the volcano. 
Well, when and was this? This is in 2014. Wow. And so what ended up happening is, is that those matchsticks of giant ohia trees are sitting out there on a lava field strewn about. Like you just threw a bunch of matchsticks out and they're growing mushrooms out of them. Wow. Right, because the medicinal mushrooms are tree mushrooms. Let me say this again, because I've been saying this for years. No one else will say it. I don't know why, but I'm going to say it. Mm -hmm. Tree mushrooms are medicinal mushrooms. Mushrooms that grow on trees, dead trees in particular, have medicinal properties. If you're going out and you're going to pick some mushroom that's grown out of the ground, dangerous. You don't know what that is. We don't know. Mm -hmm. There's maybe, there's only one dangerous polypore that I know in the world that's in Australia, which is a mushroom that's a polypore mushroom grows out of a tree mm -hmm. that is toxic. Every other one is can be made into tea and it has medicinal properties. So that tells us something about trees. Mm -hmm. So you're out there on that lava field, which is such an incredible laboratory of wind, rain, sun, moon, lava, fresh earth, and these ancient trees. And the mushrooms that grow out of there have something in them that's different. And so I go and collect all those mushrooms. I collect bags of those mushrooms. And we made a whole array of teas from those mushrooms when I was home. So Wow. What are they called? Um, one of them is Philinus gilvis, mm -hmm. which is the Philinus gilvis is probably the most common polypore in Hawaii. It's kind of an orangish brown mm -hmm. mushroom, kind of thick. You know, it, it's it has very powerful immunological properties. There's the the turkey tails of mm -hmm. Hawaii. There's a, a number of different ones. You know, we yeah. all call them all turkey tails, but they're actually different species. There's probably that day we picked up five different, six different species of we mushrooms. We need to get our hands on some and that's, tea. <laughs> and then, yeah, then you boom, you're making that tea. And then, you know, if you really want me to get technical on you. So I've got that tea going on 24-7. And so every morning I get that blended in with my chocolate. So yeah. it's hot chocolate with that mm -hmm. tea as the base. That sounds but so good. another thing is that mangosteen season was on. So you're eating mangosteen. So you break open the mangosteen, you eat the fruit on the inside. The mangosteen rind mm. is one of the most powerful botanicals in all of nature. Look into it. Mangosteen doesn't have to do with mangoes. It's another mm -hmm. yeah. type of it's fruit. It's vitamin C or is this? A it, well, it's a xanthone antioxidant mm. pigments in the rind of the, the fruit, rind. you know, normally your rind of a fruit, you throw it away, yeah. like rind of an orange, you throw it away, mm -hmm. but not this fruit. You throw it in directly into the tea because you can't, you can't eat it. And I do eat it, but it's really bitter. Mm -hmm. It's very powerful, but it's very bitter. I'll just, it's easier to throw it into the tea. So I've got all those mushrooms with the mangosteen rinds in the tea. That sounds so incredible. Every day. And then I've sailed through this flu season. I wasn't, I didn't get no cough, cold, flu, fever, none of that stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm coming over to Hawaii. You're, yeah, <laughs> you, try you some need of to that. come over. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Nikki. That Thanks was really so much. fun. That was great. I'm excited to get the book. So it's available April 3rd. It's available April 3rd. So anybody who pre-orders the book, mm -hmm. and maybe we'll put a link on this page somewhere yeah. or somewhere with mm -hmm. your podcast, you can get the book. And I'm if you let's say you pre-order the book, my beauty diet book, I'll give you 10 free digital gifts. So for example, a number of eBooks that I wrote, mm -hmm. um, I've got a recipe um ebook that jason rebel put together oh, for cool. us um, my friend dr william davis who wrote wheat belly we've got yeah. a, a piece that he put together so overall you're going to get 10 books mm -hmm. actually 11 because you're getting the book itself too yeah. when it, you know you pre-order it and you can pre-order it on amazon or you can pre-order it on books a million or barnes and noble and then you just come to that page where the link is we'll provide the link and then you put your order in there from, like, say you order from Amazon, you just put the or your order number in there, mm -hmm. your name and an email, and then we'll email you those free gifts. Cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I can't wait. Next time we talk, I'll be well-versed in the beauty diet. Yes, and we'll have another conversation. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you.